we're going to talk about how to build your internal board of directors. How cool is that? All right, you are co-hosted. Dr. Holly, take it away. We're ready to go to Awesome sauce. All right, let me move you guys out of the way and go to here. And I promise you, it's not going to be just one big PowerPoint. <laughs> All right, so um, I was thrilled to pieces when John and I were talking and we landed on this particular topic for this group because um, I think it's something that every single business professional should have their fingers on, and yet not a lot of us do. So we're going to talk today about how to intentionally, and there's the word, intentionally build your own internal board of directors, a network of support, if you will. And we're going to talk, we're going to really dig into it and find out why it's important, how it can help us, and then what kind, what kind of people we really need to, to look for for this board. And I want all of you to be an active participants. So I'm going to ask you, it was funny because Rabbi and I were talking about this right before everybody signed on. Um, you have a choice, either grab a, um, I think some of you remember what paper is, paper and pencil, uh, because you'll need something to write on. Or if you're in high tech mode today, you can pull up Microsoft Word or something else on your screen that you can scribble on online, okay? So just grab something because you're going to need to make some notes and we'll get started. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out by telling you how I came to this topic. So Sherry did mention, I, I've talked more topics than human beings should be allowed to, I think. Um, and this particular topic came to me as a gift from an interview that I did. Um, when I started uh, working on my PhD program, it's been about 10 years ago now. In one of my classes, um, I was given the assignment of interviewing one of the top women leaders in our state. And I was lucky, I got to talk to a woman um, who was one of the first women in position of leadership at the university level. So I went to talk to her. She told me about all of her trials and tribulations and how she managed to do things over the years. And it was this wonderful conversation. And I was just blown away every time she mentioned what she'd been through and how she got through it. And I finally just stopped her and I said, I said, excuse me, you got to forgive me. I need to ask, how in the world did you get through all of these challenges and past all of these obstacles? And you know, you're, you're at the pinnacle of success right now. How did you get there? And this woman who is a very petite, very proper Southern woman looked at me and smiled and said, why darling, I owe it all to my internal board of directors. And if that's bad Southern, I'm sorry, but that's as good as it gets with me. Um, and and I, I, I immediately stopped and I said, you're what? And she said, my internal board of directors. And I said, what, what, do, you, what do you mean by that? Is this like your group of friends? And she said, oh, no, no, no. This is something I intentionally do several times a year. And she explained the process that she went through. So that's what we're going to dig into today. Um, and by the way, her mother had taught her this concept from the time she said she could remember talking and walking. She was taught to do this. And this woman was an absolute success at a time when she shouldn't have been. So let's go ahead and dig into this. And you are free to unmute, ask questions at any point in time, interrupt. Um, Sherry, I'm gonna put you in charge of the chat. If you see a chat that I should pay attention to, will you, yeah, blurt it out? Okay, good. <laughs> She's great at that. So we're gonna talk about, and again, the word here is intentional. I've had all kinds of people go, oh no, yeah, I got my group. And I'm like, no, you don't. That's not what we're talking about here. So how do we develop an internal board of directors intentionally to catapult ourselves to the next level of success. Who 
are these people supposed to be? What are they supposed to do for us? Well, they're going to do several things. They are going to be a support network for us. So people that we can rely on, that we can count on, that we can go to for advice. Um, I think everybody in this group realizes it doesn't matter what level you are in corporate America. I don't care if you're all the way at the top or all the way at the bottom. We need to surround ourselves with good people. Um, if we have a good network base, a good support network, if you will, then life is going to be a lot easier than if we don't. So support network, and that's going to be a group of people who inspire us, motivate us, and challenge us. One of the biggest things that I see a lot of the leaders that I work with um, making the mistake of doing it, and that is that is resting on their laurels. They get to a position, and then they just kind of get used to doing the same thing day in and day out, and that's called um, being in a rut. So we don't want to allow ourselves to become complacent and to be in that proverbial rut. We want people who will help us get out and keep looking for the next thing that we need to focus on. <clears throat> They're going to help us with our goals. This is real important. We Every year, everybody should be here should be um, setting goals. How many, just by show of hands, how many goals every single year? Like by setting goals, write them down. Okay, several people, good. So the statistics are, if you set goals and you write them down and you refer to them throughout the year, you're 70% more likely to achieve them. Just gonna throw that out there. Uh, it's worth your effort. <clears throat> Decisions. Your internal board is going to help you make decisions. There are times when we look at things coming down the road at us and we know we have to make a decision and we know it's got to be a good decision. And sometimes we're not sure which way to turn. That, that internal board of directors can help shift us in the right direction. Learning. Um, I love this one. And Sherry will tell you, we network in, in a lot of the same spaces. So she's probably heard this 5 million times now. She could probably do my intro for me and vice versa. <laughs> but um, the reason I'm in existence, the reason I have done continuing professional education my entire life is the fact that, and this research has shown this to be true now, a four-year degree only lasts you five years in business and industry. A four-year degree only lasts for five years. By the end of the year, it's all of your knowledge from your four-year degree is considered outdated, uh, not useful, irrelevant, um, old, <laughs> and you've got to retool. So that need to be looking at what, what do I need to learn next? What's going to allow me to sharpen myself to the point where I'm ready for my next adventure? That's learning. <clears throat> Your internal board is also going to share their expertise with you. Um, I'm one of those people. I'm a type A person. I'm also one of those people that, oh, that's okay. I'll get, I'll get it myself. I can do it myself. Not a good attitude. If I want to have a really good handle on a budget, I need to have somebody who's really good with finances. I, I listened, several of you are. If I wanna be able to pull an event together, I need to work with somebody who does events for a living. There are times when we need to say, <clears throat> that's not in my bailiwick, that's not in my bucket of expertise, I need somebody else. Your internal board's gonna help you with that. They're gonna help you with sound advice, um, You know, being able to go with them and saying, I'm thinking of doing this, you think, you know, what's your, what's your best thought? And then also feedback. It's real important when we're starting to do something new, a new job, um, a, a new um, board, a new, you know, anything that we kind of venture into, it's good to have feedback. How am I doing? What did you think of that new initiative that I um, just told everybody we were going to get on board with? That is very useful too. So that's feedback. So overall, it's support. They're going to give you tons of support and help you succeed. And 
if you think I'm kind of talking in the direction of, it, it, you see the word board of directors. If you think I'm talking in the direction of an actual physical board of directors, that's not it at all. But yet it's going to function much the same way. And I'll talk about the differences between the two. And this is probably a good place to mention. I talked about this with a women's uh, leadership group a couple of weeks ago. And there were two women, two female attorneys in the group. And they said, you know, time out. If you do a board of directors, there's got to be bylaws. You've got to have insurance. You got I said, oh, no, 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 time out. This is not a board that we're calling out in public. <laughs> this, this is the word, internal board of directors. This is your board. You can call it anything you want. If you're not comfortable with board of directors, call it board of people who are going to help me get there. Okay. So <laughs> that will work. All right. So what is a board not? When I talk about this topic to people, these are some of the things I hear. Oh, yeah, I've got my tribe. I have my tribe. This is not a tribe. Um, one of the things that we do um, that, that causes us some grief, some of us, is we surround ourselves only with friends and only with yes people. And that feels very comfortable and it feels very supportive, but it also doesn't get you to the next level. I'm not saying we don't need friends. We do. But this is not a situation of this is my tribe. OK, it's very different. So it's not your friends. It's not the people that you network with. Although in this group, I'm sure, John, everybody's just stellar. <laughs> and then last but not least, um, it's not a casual remembrance of people when you need to use them. OK, um, I've had people say, oh, well, no, I know I can always go to Bob if I have financial questions or I can always go to Ann if I have questions about engineering. That's that's not the the intent. So let's dig in. Um, we also, this is one thing that's going to set us apart from an actual legal board of directors. We have the ability to pick members who are either overt or overt. You can actually feel like you're on a little bit of a mission here, if you will. Um, when I talked to my friend at NC State, she said that some people never knew that they were on her board of directors, would seat them in a particular spot. And she would utilize them the same way she used the rest of her board. She just never formally told them that's where they were sitting. Some of them you may choose to go to and say, look, I've got an internal board of directors. Can I please place you on it? I'm going to want to have lunch with you once a month. I want to pick your brain. You know, I really admire you. Um, I respect you. Can you help me with this? Um, that would be an overt member. Um, since I've done this, I have been asked to be on so many internal boards, it's not even funny. Um, I, I don't have that much time, so I'm always like, find somebody else. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can do a few, right? Um, but I'm sure some of them kept me on their boards anyway. So again, that's the difference between overt and covert. <clears throat> so hopefully everybody's managed to grab a, pe a pencil and a piece of paper, or if you're the rabbi, uh, Microsoft Word is up on your second screen and you have a place to write, because now this, this is where you're going to get real involved. You're going to do a little brief self-assessment. I'm going to have you set some initial goals. And then we're going to talk about the board members that are going to help you hit all of the different high points that we, that we draw attention to. Dr. Holly, may I ask you one quick question? Yeah, of course. What's a nice, a very intentional way to ask someone? Because I think people have treated this like a compliment when I've asked them. And they were like, oh, thank you. Yeah. I and, and I love this intentionality. How do you how do you make this intentional? How would you send out that request? What are a couple ideas around that? And then I want you to feel free to jump right back in. Oh no, I love that question because um, I will be honest with you. 
in all the time I've done this and with all of the people that I've talked to, I've literally almost never heard of anybody being declined. All right. Now I've said to people, you know, oh, you know, I, I'm already on the boards of like 12 people, you know, <laughs> find somebody that has a little bit more time. And usually if it's a friend, they'll talk me into it. Or like I said, they leave me on their board anyway. But usually when people have approached me, they've literally said, I'm creating my own internal board of directors. Um, I know that the president of our company has a um, cabinet around uh, around them. In fact, the president of our country has a cabinet. And I want to do the same thing for myself. And I want to not only have people that, that can help me, but I want to be able to help those people back. So I want to create a group that's very symbiotic. And I would love to put you in the position of blah, 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 you know, whatever your expertise is. Um, this is what it's going to require of you. Busy business people just usually need to know what is the time commitment. Usually it's an honor to be asked. If somebody says, I, I would love to have lunch with you um, every other month, or in our case, what today during pandemic, I'd love to have virtual coffee with you <laughs> um, once a month, you know, for 30 minutes, something like that. Um, I would love to um, be able to send you something and have you proof it and send it back to me. And that should only take you about 15 minutes. If you make sure to include the amount of time commitment that you're looking for, usually business people are extremely honored um, that you think enough of them that you want to include them on your board. And the last thing I just wanted to mention is if there's someone in the back of their mind, well, I need to have my next job lined up. I need to have everything set in my life. I know, I think I know what you're going to say, but I'd love you to respond to that. And then I'll mute. Yeah. So this is one of those things where, you know, when you need insurance, if you don't already have it, it's too late. <laughs> the same thing with your board of directors. So this is something that I intentionally do twice a year. I do it in January and I do it again in July. And I literally carve time out of my schedule so that I can sit down. By the way, I do goal setting at the same time. And you'll see why in just a moment. Um, but I sit down and I look at who I have on my board. And I'm going to tell you up front, this is something I'm going to repeat all the way through this presentation. Your board's going to be fluid. It's going to be fluid. You may need some this year that you don't need next year and you didn't need last year. Okay. Um, you may only have somebody on your board for three months. And that's absolutely fine. Okay. And then also remember the other word that I said, this is very symbiotic. So you're going to be giving back to that person, just like you're asking them to kind of feed into you. So you're not being a take, take, taker. This is something that you're setting up with somebody that you can help as well. I would don't wait. I would say never wait for something like this. Never wait to goal set. Never wait to create a board of directors. Now is the optimal time. And that's why, you know, when John said, let's do this topic, I was like, yes, because I really want you to have an action plan by the time we're done today. I want you to be able to have a list of people and a list of reasons you have those people listed. Um, and the two of them married together. So that's our goal by the end of our time together today. Beautiful. <clears throat> All right. Any other questions or comments before I proceed? Actually, Dr. Holly, I do. So is would there be, I'm sure there is, but you you share with the group here the difference between this type of of a group versus a referral group that you build. Right. So I don't know one of yeah, Sherry. no, no, Sherry, I love that question. So I just had an experience with referral that didn't work quite so well. Often with referral groups, it's not necessarily the person that you would pick to be in that seat, but the person who showed up and took that seat first. 
So I would I would say that might not necessarily be the person that you would have re, would have preferred to refer. That makes any sense. These are going to be people you pick. You know of these people. You you know them well. You know um, their their way of operating. You know the way that they do business. You know their ethics. Um, you know um, them well enough to approach them or well enough to just say, I want to watch that person and emulate what they're doing. Really good question, Sherry. All right. So here's what I'm going to have you do. And this has been in front of you for a little bit. <clears throat> in order to create a board of directors and even in order to create goals each year, I'm not sure again how many of you do this because I saw a few hands go up. You need to really know yourself. So self-assessment is always the beginning. And but that's going to have you do real simple. I want you to list out three top professional strengths and three top professional weaknesses, okay? Now, um, nobody's watching you today, so you can be brutally honest. These are not the weaknesses that you're gonna call out in an interview, if you're in an interview, but they're gonna be honest to you. So, for example, with a top professional strength, you might be a good organizer, you might be a good leader, you might be a good team builder, you might be a good communicator, um, you might be um, somebody who really runs a great meeting. I mean, just anything can be a top professional strength. If, if somebody's ever said to you, wow, I can't believe you do that so well, that's obviously one of your hidden superpowers, right? Um, with top professional weaknesses, what areas do you not feel comfort with? What areas would you prefer to have somebody come alongside and either tell you how to do it or do it for you? That would be, and a weakness doesn't have to be a bad thing. Every human has weaknesses. This is why one person alone is not enough, right? So if I know, for example, that, um, it, oh, here, I'm going to use this one because Larry's on the call. I love watching Larry. Larry is the most enthusiastic, full of life person I think I've ever seen talk. And Larry carries a big pink bat. And I <laughs> And Larry can use sports analogies like water because he used to be a sports person. <laughs> and, and I can't. I, I, I can use a sports analogies, but that's not my forte. If I knew I was going to need to have a show that had a lot to do with sports and a lot to, and I needed a lot of enthusiasm, I would say, Larry, can you do this with me? My weakness is not necessarily something negative. It's just I don't have that particular strength. So I'm going to pull him in for that particular scenario. So when you think of your top professional weaknesses, they don't have to be horribly ugly things, just you know, things that you're, you don't have that you would like to have or things that you would like to hone. Everybody wants to know about the bat now, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Once you've done these, and I will encourage you, if you can't finish this, finish this before today is out. I would also like you, step two, come up with your top three personal strengths and your top three personal weaknesses. And I'm listing that because your personal strengths might be of use to somebody in another profession. So one of, um, one of my personal strengths I am a great volunteer person. I will volunteer. If I think a cause is worth my heart, I will volunteer in a heartbeat and I will make things happen. Um, that's not necessarily a professional strength, but that's a personal strength. 
And somebody might, that is, you know, a professional counterpart or on my board might at some point say, I need a volunteer and that's my time to shine. So list your top three personal strengths and your top three personal weaknesses. And I'm just picking three to get you started by all means. If you can develop 12 in each category, feel free. Um, in the interest of time, three works for now. <laughs> If you have children, your children can tell you what your strengths and weaknesses are. I'm point that out. <laughs> Sometimes your significant other works well here too. <laughs> and then the last the last little thing that I'm going to have you do from a personal assessment perspective, um, I would love for you to set three of your top professional goals down on paper and three of your top personal goals down on paper. Um, I can share with you <clears throat> one of my professional goals is to do a TED talk at some point. Um, I love TED Talks, and I know that Sherry, that's one of yours too. I think, yeah. And uh, and it I think just... it's more Lou than me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he can have it. <laughs> he can have it. <laughs> he can have it. <laughs> I'll be in the back. You'll be in the back. That's right. Well, Sherry, yeah, Sherry's got a Sherry keeps him going. So that's <laughs> but that's one of my top professional goals, and um, and so that is that is one of the things that I would put down there. Um, I have several others, obviously, because this is something I do, like I said, twice a year. Um, top personal goals, um, you might have a goal of um, with uh, spending more time with family. Uh, maybe during the pandemic, you've had enough time with family. <laughs> and maybe your goal is to get outside and exercise more or to, you know, um, to catch up with an old friend. Oh. <clears throat> All right. So once you have top three professional and top three personal, and by the way, I don't ever split those. I try to make people think of both because together that's who you are. You have a professional side and you have a personal side and they do impact each other. <clears throat> then we're gonna talk about who you should place on your board with intention. You'll see the word intention at the very bottom of the slide. The whole idea behind this is you need to think it through. You need to decide what people you need to surround yourself with to get wherever it is you needed to go with those goals that you just wrote down. <clears throat> so the first person you want on your board is somebody who we will call the connector. And I, it's funny because as we're sitting here talking, um, I, in your group, I know I happen to know absolutely with certainty, John O'Connor is a connector. John O'Connor will say, hey, you and you need to, I heard him do it as we were getting on today. You all need to get together. You all need to get together. You all need to talk. You all need to get together. Uh, the connect <clears throat> is somebody who opens doors for you. They make introductions and they help you grow your network. It's obviously in your best interest to meet more people because the more people you meet, the more people you're going to find that fit into your world that can help you get to the next level, that you can help get to their next level. 
So connectors are absolutely invaluable. Now, in addition to John, I will tell you Sherry McManus is an equally good connector. Um, I was shocked when I first met Sherry. I think in that first week after I met you, Sherry, we showed up at like, I don't know, five or six networking events, the same ones. And, and she was saying, oh, and Holly, you need to meet this person. And this, you know, she, she's that person as well. So make sure that you know some connectors. They're invaluable. So on your piece of paper or on your technology somewhere, write down some names of some people that you know are connectors. And again, everybody can start with John. That's, that's an automatic and a Sherry. You got two, all right? But you want to increase that constantly. And if you're a connector, is, does anybody um, self-describe as a connector out there? I'm going to make my grid bigger so I can actually see. John, do you know anybody in your group that's a connector like you? Well, no one's quite like me. Anyway, <laughs> Amen. Ted uh, <laughs> Bachman in the finance world uh, and beyond. Michael Whitman, quietly, very effective. Dana Gower, David Manica. You know, all the people close, close to us, you know, have proven to be those and they've become people that are on our, my internal board. So, I mean, people have networks in different areas. I think, I think of so many people on this call, like if you said, hey, wow, I've got a network that I could share and through us super connectors like Dr. Holly and Sherry and all of us, you know, I think that's part of the value we try to bring to others on behalf of our clients and our stakeholders and everybody else. So I'm glad you pointed that out. And, you know, I just wanted to shout out just a few names. Absolutely. And then I, I will also say this just because he's on the call, I keep picking at him. Um, I was, I, Larry does a weekly um, Facebook live uh, where he has a bazillion people join from all around the globe. I was shocked the couple of times that I've been able to experience that, how successful, Larry, you've been with pulling people together, <laughs> uh, just gazillions of people. So he's also a big connector as well. <clears throat> so keep this list going. People that you know have that automatic propensity to help others connect together, they're beautiful to put on your internal board of directors. All right, you also need somebody that I would describe as a mentor and a sponsor. And I'm, I'm going to kind of hit this one with it from a personal real life experience. Uh, my first foray into the world of profession years ago, um, I had a degree in computer science. That was my very first college degree. And I was the only female around for miles. And interestingly enough, then I didn't have somebody that I could go to that was a mentor. I tried to kind of work with some of the males, but it wasn't as comfortable as it would have been with another female. So this is near and dear to my heart. I love it when I can help people find mentors or find mentees. Mentors and sponsors provide advice and feedback. They openly promote you and they help you achieve success. Now, when you're in transition, and this is huge, you can still find mentors and sponsors by saying to somebody, I'm trying to get into the field that you are in, or I'm trying to get into a profession very similar to yours. I would love to shadow you, or I would love to talk to you about that profession. Would you be willing to? And then once you talk to them saying, could you please give me some guidance, some advice? Could we work together? And could I learn at your feet, basically? Um, so many people, as John was mentioning earlier, are very honored when you ask them to do this. And they'll be happy to assist you. So all you have to do is, is think about who you know could potentially be a mentor and or a sponsor for you. 
I'm curious, how many of you have had mentors of the people on? That's impressive. That is impressive. All right. Another question. How many of you have mentored somebody? Awesome. It's about the same. That is super fantastic. So interestingly enough, and I didn't bring all the stats with me, but people who have been mentored make more than their counterparts, are more successful than their counterparts, um, have an easier time making their way wherever it is they were trying to go in the corporate arena. Um, it makes a huge difference to people. So you definitely want a mentor or a sponsor. <clears throat> this is a big one, the informal house. This is a person that you know that knows your industry or the industry that you're trying to get into. They know the trends, they're aware of opportunities, they know of projects. And I'm gonna give you an example of somebody that I know that's an informal powerhouse. So you'll have the idea here. Um, I'm gonna use um, the word early adopter to describe the person that I'm gonna tell you about right now. Um, last year when COVID hit, can't believe it's been almost a year, right? Um, that we've been doing this thing. But prior to that, um, I'm a corporate speaker, corporate trainer, consultant, facilitator, and I traveled all the time. I know um, that Larry did much the same thing. We traveled to our locations. Uh, Sherry, same thing. We traveled. <clears throat> and when COVID first hit, within the first seven days of the stay home um, notice, uh, almost every single piece of business that I had written through the end of last year was pulled. So um, I had, at the end of those seven days, almost nothing to look forward to from a business perspective. And I was just shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? At the end of that week, a person who has been on my board for quite some time, who is, um, she works for a very, very large company headquarters, headquartered in Raleigh. And um, she called me up at the end of that seven days and she said, Holly, she's call me crazy, but I think that this is not going to go away anytime soon. I just feel it. I'm looking at the signs. I'm thinking it's going to be around for a while. We had an awful lot on our books with you. Would you be willing to keep that stuff so virtual so that we can make it happen? And of course, I immediately went, uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> I would love to do that. Um, even though I wasn't comfortable, I had done webinars and podcasts and stuff before, but I just wasn't comfortable with my delivery uh, being in this particular environment that we're in right now. Um, it just went against everything that I had ever done. And I had to make the decision to know that this woman knew her industry. She knew what was going on. And I said, I'll do it. And me started working on it, let all of my other clients know what I was doing. And within a month, I had every piece of business back, plus a whole lot I hadn't planned on. And last year in April, May, and June, I couldn't breathe. I was so busy. All because I listened to somebody who, formal powerhouse. People in organizations, you all know this, are paid now to look for potential changes, to look for things coming down the road that are going to pivot the organization in another direction. They're paid to try to sense when that is coming and position the organization to be prepared for that. You need people like that on your <laughs> So think about the people that you know that really know their, their industry well, that know their organization well. Um, that that know exactly what's out there and are watching. They've got their finger on the market. So who do you know that's a powerhouse? <clears throat> are you all thinking of names? Are you all writing names or initials to protect the innocent, something? Okay. <laughs> all right. 
Very good. You also want somebody challenger and a motivator. Now, this is where we start to move away from the friend category, right? We might have a friend who's a powerhouse. We might have a friend who's a connector. We might have a friend who's a mentor. <clears throat> some of us do not have friends that challenge and motivate us. Now, some of you do. <laughs> but oftentimes, we need to have somebody that's kind of outside our sphere of comfort to help us do this. So these are people who are going to help us act and live boldly inspire us to take action, and are going to push us out of complacency. I mentioned early when we started, when I started talking that people tend to get into ruts. Human beings do that. We, we go to the same store. We go to the same restaurant. We put on the same pair of pants because it's so comfortable. You know, we, we drink the same drink. We eat the same food. We get in ruts. And guess what? Creativity and innovation don't live in ruts. They don't. So you need to have somebody every once in a while who says, get out, you know, look at this over here. You've not done this before. Let's go in that direction. Or this is the way the organization really needs to move. It doesn't feel, you know, comfortable. That's okay. We need to go there anyway. How many of you are pretty darn sure that we're not going to go all the way back to normal once COVID goes away? How many of you think we're going to have some still hybrid working people? And yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I would agree. Um, and I, I think, honestly, um, there are quite a few people that are in my profession, uh, people that I have worked for in the past, who've said, you know what, we're going to wait this out. How, how, how successful are those people right now? Y'all know of anybody that has done that? We'll wait it out. Didn't work too well. Yeah. So think about anybody that you know who might be a challenger or a motivator. And by the way, I'm mentioning these like it's one person. You might have three people that you need to have act as challengers and motivators. <laughs> and that's fine. Uh, and that's because I get to this uh, category right here. You need people who are experts and specialists. Um, these are people who, who know their stuff. They, they have expertise in an area that you don't. So, um, you know, John just mentioned that Ted is really super good in the field of finance. <clears throat> if I'm not financially savvy, and I have some financial questions, <clears throat> I'm likely to say, hey, Ted, you know what? I'd kind of like to sit, seat you on my board and maybe you can help me out with finance. And, and Ted, you know, what can I help you with in return? And that might work really well for both of us. I might then turn to somebody like Sherry, uber organized and say, Sherry, I can't organize my way out of a paper sack. Can you come help me figure out <laughs> you know, how to organize my business? And, and Sherry might say, yes, I'll do that if you will you know, do blah, blah, blah for me, All right? So um, anything, and again, look back at those little self-assessments that we did, anything that you listed as a weakness or anything that you listed as a personal or professional goal, who can help you with that? You know, maybe, maybe a personal goal is to rebuild the deck on the back of your house and maybe you're not a deck builder. Well, you need to find one, you know? Uh, who can you come alongside that, that knows carpentry? You might need several different experts or specialists. Write their names down. And then this is the one we like to leave off the board, but it's probably one of the most important seats. We need to have somebody who's going to be a devil's advocate, clarifier, and or accountability master. Um, this is that person who's super uncomfortable. This is the person who says, hey, you said you were going to be doing work on that project last week. Tell me what you did on it. 
Or, hey, you said you were going to go talk to so-and-so because you wanted to also include them on your board. Did you talk to that person? These are the people that don't let us stay in the rut. They say, get out, get out. <laughs> All right. So they are going to bring up potential challenges. Um, this is also the person in the meeting who says, why? Why do we need to do that? Why did you bring that up? What, 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 what do we need to understand about that? How's the, how's the customer going to feel? Have you thought about this? They're annoying people, but they're very, very useful. They help prepare you for conflict. <clears throat> Excuse me. They help you make sure of your decisions and they help you stay on track with your goals. Super important. How many of you have somebody like this in your life? Somebody that needles you? And I use the right word. Good. Good. Needlers are very important. <laughs> All right. So who else might you need? I listed the major seats on your board, but there are other seats you may need from time to time. For example, somebody who can find a weakness for you. Maybe it doesn't generally fall into one of those other categories that I talked about, but somebody who can fill in a weakness. Somebody who you use a strength. Maybe you need to, you know, uh, talk to people and say, hey, I can do this for you. Who needs this? <clears throat> who can help you accomplish a goal? This will help the people that you need to place on your board. Who can help you stretch and grow? And who can help you find your next opportunity? That's the one thing I heard as you all introduced yourselves. You're all looking for next opportunities. Who can help you get there? Meet that person right there. I mean, John's obviously one of those people. There's probably several. Write their names down. So we have listed a bunch of self-assessments and a bunch of goals up front. We've got names that we've been doing as we've been going through the different types of board members that we should be concerned with. What do we do with all of this? Well, you've, you've made a list of people already that are gonna make good board members, hopefully. And then you need to write down the type of board member that you're looking for. I think you've already been doing that too. And then you just match the two together. You may have an empty slot where you don't have a name yet. You may have a name that you'd love to include on your board that you don't have a position for yet. That's okay. Keep those things out there. And then this is important. The list should consist of inspirational, trustworthy, challenging, diverse individuals. And I want to put an emphasis on diverse. If you have a whole bunch of people on your board that are like you, they look like you, talk like you, act like you, then you're not going to have a good board. You need to have people on your board that make you uncomfortable. And again, people that don't look like you, are not in your field, don't talk like you, don't think like you. Those are good board members to have. And you're gonna wanna look at this list on a regular basis. Like I said, this, this board is gonna be very fluid. This is not a formal board of directors. This is your board of directors. It's gonna be fluid. So again, please remember this, your board's gonna continually change. That's okay. Um, the little woman that I was interviewing, I call her little, she was so petite and so graceful, um, but she was so cute. She said, Holly, I would regularly fire people and they never knew they'd been fired. <laughs> uh, or I would, you know, I would add people to the board and they would never know they were on the board. Um, so your board is gonna continually change. 
and that's okay. <clears throat> and then you also need to know whether you're aware of it or not, you are on the boards of others. You know, it's funny because I do a lot of professional development training, as does Sherry, as does uh, Larry. And when I ask people, you know, how many of you are role models? Like three or four hands will go up. And I'm like, no, you're all role models. Um, if you cut somebody off on 40, you've just become a role model. It's not a good one, <laughs> but you are a role model, right? So you are on the boards of others. You never know who's watching you and who is saying. And it's funny because, um, you know, Sherry and her husband, Lou, became on, they're they on my board. They have never officially said, Sherry, you're on my board. But they've been on my board for a while now, and I'm on theirs. We, we've seen that we can, you know, combine forces and help each other out in some key areas. And um, I'm probably on the board of a lot of people. After doing this talk, I probably have no idea. Um, but please know that you're there. Know that people are constantly watching you. Uh, what's the definition of character? Anybody? The way that you behave when nobody's watching. The way that you behave when nobody's watching, that's character. I would say usually people are watching, whether you know it or not. All right. So again, with the board, why does it matter? The more expertise you have at your fingertips, the more effective you're going to be. The more successful you'll be, the more able you will be to help others. And um, it sounds like we're putting ourselves first here. I would remind all of you about the oxygen mask rule. Uh, Sherry and I have talked about that quite a little bit. Um, when you're on a plane, they don't say, help everybody else with their mask first and then do your own, do they? They say, put on your own oxygen mask. And once you have your mask on, you're going to be more fit to help others. That's what your board is all about. You get the right people seated. They're helping you. You're going to be able to, in turn, help them and help other people as well. <clears throat> so do I have any questions? We've all got a lot of homework to do. Yes, you do. <laughs> Dr. Holly, I have, a, I have a question. Sure. With regards to uh, setting up your board, uh, could you paint a picture of um, how you implement that? So once people are on the board, do you have monthly luncheon or uh, just trying to understand how you keep the board together and um so that's a really good question and i'll just i'll tell you how i handle it and i've heard of people handling it so many different ways i use my google calendar um and i on my google calendar will say check in with so and so check in with so and so at regular intervals um i'll use my google task list <clears throat> to list you know write a thank you note to so and so for the advice she gave me last month or or um you know go out and do a call out on social media to this particular person who gave me some really unique opportunities. Um, and so I use between my calendar and the list function in Google, it keeps me straight. <clears throat> if it doesn't go in my life on my Google calendar, it doesn't happen because I'm that busy, I'll overlook it. And I don't wanna overlook my board members. Um, <clears throat> and what, what you're saying, Sean, you need to not only keep up with them, you need to make sure that, that you're thanking them on a regular basis and looking for ways to assist them as well. So the Google Calendar and then the task list are my two ways. Thank you. You bet. When you, when you approach someone, do you tell them that you're creating 
internal board meeting? Like, how do you address this? Like, do you, how do you, yeah. you tell them what your intention is? So like I said, you can have both overt and covert members. You can tell some people and not tell others. Okay. Your choice. <clears throat> so some people I go to and I say, I mean, one of the people who helps me a lot, seriously, with organization, <clears throat> excuse me, she's the CEO of a company in, in Raleigh, and we've been helping each other out for 150 years, I think, at this point. But um, she she knows she's on my board and because I've said, hey, you're on my, <laughs> Sherry knows. I just called her out right now. Um, but there are other people that have been on my board last year, the year before, this year especially, that I've never said a word to. Thank you. Good questions. Other questions? Um, uh, well, one thing is uh, I'm not exactly the most social person. And so um, it kind of takes me a while to really get to know people. Mm -hmm. um, so how would you, like, uh, when you know someone well enough to like, put them on board directors? Mm, that's a good question. So the cool thing is, like with your networking group here, um, you probably are starting to know people well enough that you could ask some of them and you wouldn't have to ask them directly. You could even email them or you could text them and say, you know, I'd really like to be able to email back and forth with you on a particular topic. Would that work? So um, I think what Elizabeth is saying, you're pretty much an introvert. Is that correct? Yeah. And that's and that's absolutely fine. So I would use the methods of communication you're comfortable with once you know somebody. If you don't know somebody, go to the people that you do know and say, this is the type of person I'm looking for. Who can you recommend? You can then stalk them on LinkedIn um, or on other social channels and see what they look like. And if you're comfortable, then you can reach out and connect with them and start communicating with them online. And Dr. Holly, Elizabeth, <clears throat> let me have a <clears throat> excuse me, a show of hands of people who would be willing to be on Elizabeth's board of directors really quickly, just right now. Anybody? That's a pretty good sized board, Elizabeth. So take <laughs> advantage of that, Elizabeth. Take advantage of it you know, on this call. These are, we attract some really good people here. Um, Michael Whitman should be on your board and, and many others. So think about that. Thanks, Dr. Holly. Great answer, great question. One of the things I love about virtual is it evens out the playing field between, I think, extroverts and introverts. Gives everybody a chance. <laughs>